All right, Path Girl, breathe in with me. And exhale the perversion. Okay, good. Yeah, you got to give the little creepy air at the end to make it a little more perverted. Okay, breathe in. (laughs) And perverted exhale. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel more perverted. Thank you. (laughs) I feel dizzy. Oh, God. Call 911. (laughs) Old perverts die in creepy ways. Don't die on us here. We need to do a show first, and you can die. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if I just, all of a sudden, you're like, he's joking, right? He's joking. And in the background, you just hear, and you're like, is he fake? Uh, he's such a kidder. He's such a kidder. Wow, he's oh, really good at kidding. He's yeah. totally just kidding. It's been 11 <laughs> minutes of kidding. <laughs> wow, uh, he's really Dougie? committed to the yeah. kidding. <laughs> what a professional. <laughs> would, what a professional. I would definitely say if I died on the show and it was recording, I would mm-hmm. love to uh, have my death posted. Is that morbid? I don't know how to post it. No, it's not morbid, but I don't know how to post it so nobody would hear it. (laughs) That would be such a waste of a death. Exactly. Such a waste of a life and a death. Well, uh, fortunately, we are creepy, we are perverted, we are breathing, and we are ready to do a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And because you are responsible for yourself... There won't be another fucking warning. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Perverted podcast. Scared that your desires might be strange? Perverted podcast. Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to a very two people living version of Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording thousands of miles away on a wonderful, crisp fall day. I'm Path Girl. And I am Count Boogie. Path Girl, we are here. Yes, and breathing. (laughs) And breathing. And it is exciting because lots of cool stuff is going on that I'm kind of excited about in a nerdy kind of way. What's been going on with you? Uh, finally, I've gotten back into the swing of things kinky-wise. Um, I actually went to the uh, last weekend, or yeah, last weekend, the Wingnut uh, Fall Hunt, where they send the, the uh, subs out to be hunted with paint guns, and the tops go, and, and then, then people get put on whipping posts. So our whole kinky tribe went there. That was a really cool event. Uh, and then last night, I actually, after two and a half months, I finally did my first scene with Doc. Oh, Yay. that has been a while. Yes, yes. Between between vanilla life and COVID and all that stuff, yeah, it's been two and a half months since I've done a kinky scene. So, so what needed. kind of stuff? Details, details. Don't just yes. brush over. Yes. You brushed over the slave hunt, so <laughs> okay. okay, fine. We'll brush over that, but you're not brushing over the beating. <laughs> okay, well, the beating was uh, Cat and Doc had a private play party. And I went with Donis and a few other people did from our kinky tribe did some very interesting scenes. Uh, but I, since I hadn't played with Doc in a really long time, I'm like, I need to be beaten, please. So uh, and he actually at one of the events I didn't go to got this absolutely 
gorgeous red and black four foot long signal whip by this guy on FitLife. He goes by Maker. He doesn't make whips anymore. This is like owning like a piece of like kink history if you have one of these whips and it just rolls out and it feels delicious. So we started with some leather straps just as a nice little warm up. And then he went into this serrated rubber flogger that I absolutely love. And because I hadn't played in such a long time, after that first hit, I immediately started getting spacey. And I just, oh, even wow. the adrenaline was just like, I, I was uh, up in cuffs and he has like, they have like eye bolts from their ceiling. So he gets to put chains up and take them down when they're not doing scenes. So I just felt my right hand just like constantly shaking from the adrenaline. It was just like, I could not, I'm like sitting there going, okay, you need to calm down. And even my brain, I even started getting a little frenzied a bit because it's just like, I'm sitting there going, I need to be at it. Hit, hit me, hit me, go faster, go faster. And I'm like, hey, yo, do it, do just, it. Do you ever turn around and like get that football voice and go, do it, dog, beat me. Yo, <laughs> no, but there are times I brat on him. I'm like, geez, you call that a hit? Or there's times like he oh. grabs me around the neck with like an elbow, like kind of like, like, not like a full choke hold, but just to kind of like grip me. And I'm like, pfft. You call that a choke? Oh. So then he'll come, oh, oh, yeah. Doc doesn't mess around when you start bratting on him. He'll remind yeah, you who's Enigma boss. And I, Enigma <laughs> and I are actually going to be talking something about that, the more negative uh, version of that. Uh, oh, so that actually fits in. Let me ask you a question, though. Yeah. If you, as a bottom, if you haven't played in a couple of months, I mean, you were pumped up and ready to go. Yes. But do you find that you have to adjust for the distance and pain tolerance? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, Doc and Doc and I have been playing together, God, almost two years. But he knows that we haven't played in a while. So he does back things down. And he, he always asks me at the beginning of the scene, what are you in the mood for? What's off the table? What's on the table kind of thing. And, and if I say the usually, he kind of rolls his eyes at me. Okay. He goes, okay, I know what your usual is, but I need to know, you know, we haven't played in two and a half months. So he'll always kind of take it easy and kind of ramp up and kind of see how my reactions are to hits and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, considering I haven't played in two and a half months, he backed down a little bit, but I took a lot last night, especially uh, from that serrated flogger. He went to dragon tail, multiple uh, plural dragon tails. And then he finished off with that signal whip. And it's just like, I didn't even know I was getting hit with that particular whip. I just thought it was any whip. And I have this gorgeous, like uh, a whip will leave what they call a meteor behind where it's got a little dot and then a tail. Oh, right, I have a right, right. gorgeous Asteroid, yeah. one. Yeah, I have a gorgeous one on my upper thigh. It's huge. I was actually thinking about putting it up, uh, sending it so it could be put up on the perverted podcast, put a little peepee flag on it because it's, it's just so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> You're all, we'll call that uh, Path Girls Comet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it uh, rotates the planet about twice a year. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, yeah. congratulations on some Thank fun. You. And then, of course, you had some time with the Adonis, so there was some penetrato. Yes, yes. Actually, he came over Friday night, and we had some nice penetrato on Friday nights. And I knew I was going to be pretty much worthless when I came home from the play party. So we took a nap before we uh, left for the play party. And like we set an alarm for a certain time, and I, and I woke up, and I'm like, did you fall asleep? He's like, no, I didn't fall asleep either. So then I pounced on top of him so I can <laughs> ride that magical cock of his before we went to the play party. <laughs> you know, that's just nice. Mm-hmm. That's just nice. That's what yes. we want to hear. Had a little nap, casual Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. little afternoon, afternoon delight. Afternoon exactly. delight. <laughs> afternoon delight. <laughs> Did I mention on the show that I was like 35 when I finally learned what that meant? 
Yeah, I think you did, but there are probably some listeners out there who go, what's an afternoon delight? And yeah, you need to kind of YouTube that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the cheesiest song. I saw some YouTube video, some guy that's like, this is the worst song ever written. And I'm like, how can you call a song that is literally about fucking the worst song ever? <laughs> there are far worse songs, even on the level of fucking songs. It's yeah. it's a classic song i was very defensive very defensive yeah. that i just remember when i was a kid the only thing if you haven't heard afternoon delight go fucking youtube it youngins there's a part where it's all and i remember being like four or five years old and i thought that was the coolest sound early synthesized yep. you know that of course now it's all you know the the amazing sounds that we can create in our computers but that sound to me was just like wow that was like otherworldly and then well, and especially I, like it goes up where you can, you can imagine the cock going up goes skyrockets in flight Ooh, afternoon delight. <laughs> and then it goes down it's like okay now we're gonna shoot our <laughs> load that you shot your load <laughs> <laughs> oh don't i wish that it worked that easy uh, not yes. at 54 it doesn't uh. It's all skyrockets in flight. Grind up Viagra, snort Viagra, wait 25 minutes, maybe play a little spanker in the ass, finger a butthole. Afternoon delight. Afternoon disappointment. All right. I will throw myself under the bus that I'm almost 50 and I'm noticing changes in my body sexually where it's just like. Um, yeah, those wonderful changes of life that a woman goes through toward their 50s. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. No. <laughs> yeah, but your vagina will never slam shut. Oh, hell no. No. I mean, it's it's extremely tight. <laughs> you could always you could always lube it up and fake it, dude. You can't fake a boner. You know, there's no boner faking. I mean, if you can, that's great. But, yeah. uh, you know, if you can slip those popsicle sticks and duct tape around it quick enough and then <laughs> put three condoms over it so it still has some softness, <laughs> you know, which I would do if it was Wait. easy to do. Have I ever told you what my nickname is that one of my uh, poly partners gave me? Popsicle duct tape no. stick chick? He, he, he called me ketchup packet. <laughs> okay. And if you think about it, you normally when you open a ketchup packet and you squirt it and everything comes out really. So he would always tell me that my vagina was so tight that there'd be plenty of times it would be like, oh, I'm not going to come for a while. And I'd be like, oh, really? And I'd clamp down and... <laughs> Ketchup pack. That's like a reverse ketchup package. That's the foot that stomps on the ketchup package. I'm all, don't you do that. That's why you got to wear like nine condoms for those vice grip vagina women. I'm all, isn't that counterproductive? That's counterproductive. Hey, I've never heard any complaints. It's just, you know, it, it kind of cheats me out of it because there's times I'm like, I'm clamping down to feel better. And it's like, oh, crap, I made him come too quick. Damn it. <laughs> you know, oh, God damn it. Well, that's why you punch him in the ass to loosen him up. I feel that grip and I just punch you right in the left butt cheek. Thunk, and you're like, oh, tell you when to clamp. I'm in control of this donkey punch right here. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Ten minutes into the show, completely devolved into Yay! 12-year-old banter. So I got an email. Well, congratulations first on uh, on a great weekend of play and some Thank good you. gory details. 
Um, got a got an email from our buddy Jay Moyes, fetishartist.net. He's been with the oh, show for yeah. years and years and years, every now and again. He does a lot of stuff with DomCon. And uh, last couple of years, you know, like a couple of years ago, Kathy and I went to DomCom right. and he brought us in there. Um, he emailed me in a desperate, uh, joyous Jay Moyes plea and said, hey, um, can you mention to your listeners that we need volunteers uh, for the New Orleans DomCon? Dom oh, okay. So uh, if you're in the New Orleans area and you want, it's really, I mean, volunteering is obviously awesome. You get into the event for free. You get acquainted with people. You meet people. You get to meet all the cool teachers and see the stuff. It it really is. And it helps an event like that go forward. And those events have a lot of toys and stuff to sell, but they also have a lot of classes and opportunities for people to learn about kink, BDSM, power dynamics, and those types of things. So it's a good thing to volunteer for. So I, of course... I always tell Jay, we'll pitch whatever the hell he wants. But uh, if you go to the DomCon, and it's DomCon, D-O-M-C-O-N.com, uh, go to the uh, New Orleans page, and then you can click on that, or you can uh, contact Nightmarestris, <laughs> Nightmiss, Nightmiss, Night, ah, shit, it's N-I-G-H-T-M-Z-T-R-E-S-S at Yahoo.com, whatever, or just go to the... DomCon page for New or Orleans and uh, get over there we put, and volunteer. We put something up on the perverted podcast pages so that way it also promote it too. And then anybody who want maybe can have Enigma do. Yeah, something we'll put it. We'll put magical. it in the notes as yes. Jay uh, lovingly suggested. So we got that going on, and that's uh, best of luck uh, to that event. It's always a good event. I've been to it a few times. Uh, other stuff going on with me spending endless hours, endless hours on this Mister Beast thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's been both a joy and just a, an exercise in patience and attention deficit frustration, validation frustration. Because I'm just coming off of the radio thing that failed and nobody right. said anything. And it just takes a long time to get in. Like I have seven subscribers. I have 13 videos up. I have 25 different elements that I've created. I've spent hundreds of hours making videos or whatever. And it's just it takes a while for the YouTube algorithm to figure out where to put you. And it's real frustrating because you've done all this work and I want to try to get a job with him because he put out a video, as I said last time, put out a video and said he needs people to work for him. And that's the perfect type of person that I would love to work for. So I'm like, I'm going to go for it. So, uh, but uh, it's been fun. I mean, I'm making all sorts of fun stuff and, and it's really pushing all my boundaries and art and creativity and music mixing and writing. And so it's good, but you just are like, well, I'd like some people to fucking see it. Yeah. But you don't forget also you're fighting against an algorithm. You're fighting against a computer to try to get seen. So, you know, well, I mean, there are ways, and that's the thing. Everyone talks about the algorithm as, as it's a monster. The idea of the recommendation system in YouTube is to put the right video in front of the right audience because they want you to watch these videos. You know, they make money off it and advertising and whatever. So it's, it is its own monster. It is scary and it is very technical and I watch endless videos of this stuff on how to do it, but it does take time and you have to, it's a lot of trial and error because you don't have your own YouTube employee sitting next to you all the time going, no, you have to put this in the thumbnail and write this in the thing and the, and the thing and the thing. Uh, But I mean, it's, 
it's fun because I'm learning a lot of stuff, but I, I got to be honest, it's frustrating. Oh, I can imagine. It's frustrating, you know, especially my YouTube past is like my spanking video that I did with Mew has 1.4 million views. Yeah, and then all the amazing. old skit BDSM skit stuff that I used to do with Perverted Circus. Um, those all have, you know, 50, 70, 100,000 views. And so, you know... I like that. I yeah. like validation. But, I like, but that all predates the the algorithm coming down and slamming on on the brakes on everything. I mean, I know there's plenty, and especially YouTube's not a really friendly kink positive place anyway. I mean, there's even mainstream channels that are having problems getting channel, you know, uh, oh, absolutely. things flagged. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I've I'm trying to find and, and the listeners know this. I've talked about this before, and surely I talk about it more on on to our patron supporters, but it's. We're not going to make money enough for me to get a love lab and survive and not live in a car doing adult stuff. Right. That's just the way it is right now. I'm not pretty and uh, it's everybody is against you. Every social media, every credit card, every bank, Mm -hmm. it is not friendly towards making a living being a kink educator. Right. It is very, very uphill. So I'm like, well, I want to do, I'll do both. I'll do perverted podcasts for fun and for that service. But then I have to find a gig doing what I do for something that is not kink or adult oriented. So I can, you can get monetized. Like even all of the videos that we did that we got lots and lots of views on, you can't be monetized because you instantly go, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Monetize me. And they go, oh, we can't. That's, that's not. Or we're you're monetized for like 12 hours and you're like, yay, we made a penny. Cool. Yeah, no, like, oh. you're not monetized. They will not monetize anything you mm-hmm. do. They wouldn't do the turkey video that had no foul language. Uh, no human was being touched. It was right. me dominating a raw turkey uh, oh my God, and not hysterical. even saying one cuss word. And they said, no, no, this is adult. We're not going to monetize mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So it's it is an uphill battle. So by the way, if uh, you want to help me out, go to my songs about Jimmy YouTube page and uh, like and subscribe. So that's what's going on with me. It's exciting. You don't give up and you keep trying. And that's all you can do. Definitely. So let's get to some other shit then. Alrighty. That pipe helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please note that the author of every post we discuss on the show has specifically granted us permission to do so. That is wonderful. Thank you, person, to grant us permission, not knowing whether we're going to love or hate you. Well, actually, Kinky Geek 81 uh, I flagged this post a while ago because even though I'm not a rope bottom, I could really identify this. Uh, and it was a really great post called Failure in Rope. So Kinky Geek 81 uh, says this. In kink and scenes that we do, there's always a risk of failure. The impact might accidentally go the wrong place and cause injury. The latex might cause an allergic reaction. The kit might fail. There might be a miscommunication breakdown or expectation mismatch. I think there are some specific failure types with regards to rope from both sides of the slash. As a rigger, I've often felt like a failure, especially when I was in the earlier stages of learning. I don't pick up things quickly or easily. I don't learn as fast as many people. My rope speed isn't as fast as many others. This means I often 
really lagging in some workshops. And I feel like I have totally let down my partner because we haven't achieved our end result or everyone else's rope is pretty and neat and mine is messy as fuck. (laughs) And I fail in rope all the time. Seldom does a position or sequence go as planned or turn out the way I expected. But two things I have learned, style it out. And it's okay if things don't go according to plan because where they go might be better. But I still feel like a failure and I have let my rope partner down. And if they feel bad because of my lack of skills, then I've failed because the people I tie with are important to me and I want them to feel good. Failure in rope happens. It's a necessary evil of chasing the highs that there will also be lows. We must be kind to ourselves and each other when it happens and see that just because we failed at something, it does not make us failures. I think we need to be comfortable with failure to be able to take the risk to do what we do. So embrace the process, including the failures, and be kind to each other when it happens, because it's only a failure if we let it make us feel negatively or learn nothing from it. Bravo. Clap, clap. Smatter, smatter. Little smatter. Little definite. (laughs) Little smatter. First off, big apology to... uh... <laughs> to our poster because we butch it's a very long post and I yes. butchered the fuck out of it. Yes. I uh, I definitely butchered a lot of it and we'll have that posted on our uh our Fet Life page, our Fet yes. Life uh perverted podcast Fet Life group page. But uh I had so much fun with this post because obviously it it's very clear within a couple of sentences that yes, his thing is rope, but this applies to literally everything in life, not even just kink. Exactly. It's an, it's an approach that I think I have so many times allowed my failures. And I love the fact that we use the word failure because that's what it is. You have a goal. You fail to achieve the goal. The word failure doesn't mean automatically you're a bad person. Right. It doesn't mean you are a a failure in your entire life. It only means that you set out to do something and you didn't achieve the goal. Exactly. And I think if we can make that word more of an inspiration to try harder to fix what went wrong, just like it said at the end of the post, it's not a failure. I had so many things to write. You go ahead and and give me some of your stuff. Yeah, I mean – you may walk into a dungeon or a play space somewhere and you see people doing a rope scene or pe- people doing a scene and you assume or you look at the scene and go, wow, that's an awesome scene. You don't know what's going on in the mechanics of that scene. There could be something that's gone wrong. There could be something that that rigor is like, crap, this isn't tying right or the bottom's having problems. You can have this outside perspective of, wow, that's amazing. And internally, the people that are actually doing that scene going, fuck, I can't get this right for shit. And it, you have to remember that failure is just, okay, this didn't work. And you can go back to what will fix it. I can adjust the rope. I can throw my flogger a different way. I could practice more. I can, you know, be more communicative with my rope, my rope rigger next time and say, hey, don't tie me here, tie me there. There's always ways to fix that failure. And even, even if there is a failure, sometimes like the poster said, he goes, sometimes it makes it better. A happy accident. Exactly. I've had plenty of those. I've had plenty of those 
where you start a scene and you're like, oh, this is going to be a happy, joyous, you know, lovely thing. And you're joking and you're laughing. And then all of a sudden it just goes, choo, and the bottom is sobbing. And, you know, they're having something that they were triggered by or they're having some sort of vision or whatever. And you have a couple of choices in that in that moment. You can be like, well, this isn't what I planned. And yeah. throw your toys in the air and hum, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> which, by the way, <laughs> bottoms tend to uh, not like uh, hyper pouting doms. It doesn't really show that you're in control of yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that is another thing to also bring up is that how you adapt when there is a problem, if you're doing something and it's not working right as the top as the dominant, as the person that somebody has trusted to be in control, have a plan. How you handle a fuck-up can be the difference between whether you're trusted or not trusted, respected or not respected, or how big of a deal the bottom makes right. of it. Because if all of a sudden you go into that failure mode and you start kicking the shit out of yourself, mm -hmm. you're no longer a dominant in that moment. You are now you are now somebody that is fragile that needs to be cared for. So and I don't want to say this in like a mean way, but it is something that you have to bring within yourself that if a mistake happens and this is pre prep. This is stuff you think about long before you pick up the flogger. Right. This is your pre-pre. What do I do if something goes wrong? Right. What do I do? First thing you do, you go to the bottom. Right. You check with the bottom, especially if it's something that could be a discomfort or potential injury or there was an injury or there's something. You are playing with a person. You are not competing against yourself. The goal is that you are having an interaction with somebody and that you are doing things and you are exploring things. So if something goes wrong, go to that person. And I have had so many times where things have gone wrong and it is some things really weird. But because we went and stayed together in it, it was something that could be laughed off. Yeah. It was oh, something yeah. that could be moved past because the job isn't necessarily the skill of the toy or the rope or the wrap. It's my ability to connect with the person that I'm playing with. It's my ability to let them know I have you and I respect you and I care for you and I have the best intention besides corrupting and violating and humiliating <laughs> you. Besides all the horrible, wonderful things that we're going to do together, in the back of my mind, I have a plan for your best interest. And if you can keep that intention, you can go through anything short of a trip to the ER, you can get through. Well, even a trip to the ER can be kind of funny afterwards. I mean, it's just there's, <laughs> there's always going to be – well, case in point. One of the first scenes I did with my first dom, we did, he, we took, he took me out to his shed in the house he was selling and we did a rope whipping scene. All right. And we did our usual negotiation, whatever. And he started like whipping me with a piece of rope. Okay. And left me gorgeous marks and bruises and stuff. And then it was a day later, oh, the bruises are dissipating, but there's this one triangle shaped bruise on my left butt cheek that was just staying there. 
and two days and three days and four days goes by and it's still there. And it looks like it's like a permanent indentation. So, and, and this guy that I was playing with was an EMT and he put his head in his hands. It's like, oh my God, I permanently scarred you. And I just turned around and I looked at him. I was like, look, risk aware, consensual kink. And hey, at least you've all, you know, you've marked my ass permanently. So I can always go, hey, that was so-and-so who left that. Remember that time? And just, yeah, it's, it's just a funny, you know, shit happens. You have to roll with it. You can't break down if something goes wrong. And like you said, go to your bottom, talk with them, you know, and, and from the bottom side of it, don't be afraid to speak up and go, hey, could you move that rope a little bit? Or even afterwards, hey, you know how you tied me this way? Can we try that way? It might be a little more comfortable. That's what the whole debriefing process is for. And then the next time you do it, you can go, oh, that bottom told me to try this way and it's going to get better. The communication will make things better. And if something goes wrong, hopefully you have a great relationship where you can sit there and laugh about it and go, okay, we learned from that that error or that that failure and improved upon it. Absolutely. And I mean, we're we're going to go to the personal in, in a second, but I want to stay in the scene because we're in, in the scene. Um, don't try to be cool. It's my first rule, because first off, the people that try to be cool, if it's in public now, in private, whatever. But if you're in public and you're trying to be cool, we can see it. Yeah, because you're treating your bottom like a toy, like a like a a, a vehicle to look cool. And that is, and to me, I've seen people that are amazing, that have amazing flogger skills, can flip it, shoot one out of their ass, catch it with their (laughs) foot and fucking, you know, balance it on the tip of the nose, preferably not the one that was up their ass, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. But you can see the bottom is completely bored. Mm Mm-hmm. And the person's so busy jerking themselves off that you're like, I'm not even watching a play scene. I'm like watching a shitty circus act. Somebody showing off. Yeah. Yeah. Just someone showing off. And there's, and then I've seen people with incredible skills that it's like you appreciate the skills, but you see the intention. Mm-hmm. You see the connection, that intensity, that desire to bring something out of someone which can be done at the fanciest of fancy, or it could be done with just a grab. Yeah. Just holding someone's arm and pulling them close to you and breathing in their ear and giving them an instruction Mm -hmm. and to see the reaction of the bottom and the control of the top. That's where you're like this. These are people that know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and once again, I love all the fancy stuff. I love learning and learning tricks and, you know, the three beat stuff. I don't know what they're called, but I did two hand stuff that I love doing. Oh, Florentining, yeah. But it's so secondary. It's so secondary to the connection with your partner. And moving forward, you can do that. Like if you're going to go work at a club or something like that, but it really is is boring. I'd rather have a top who's not that great, you know, who can Florentine like a professional person. And it's just, and have somebody who's going to, you know, drop a fogger in the middle of a scene or, you know, Hey, could you move that cuff? It's a little tight. I'd rather somebody who could sit there and go, oops, sorry, let me fix that. And then go on. Then, Oh no, I put you this way. And you're going to stay this way till the end. It's just, ugh, yeah, just, that's the, you see that stuff. And that, yeah, dude, I have ripped off my glasses and, 
floggers fly halfway across the room and the whole room's just looking at me and I'm like, yeah. Shh, don't tell her. And I make the thing and then I run over and pick it up and I put my hand and I go, I gave you some time to think and absorb and process. I will now continue. Are you okay with that? Yes, sir. <laughs> Everyone in the club's like, ah! yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> don't take yourself so goddamn serious. And, yeah. and it makes you understand that those mistakes are going to happen, but enjoy the process. And I keep going back to the fact that you don't need to have a lot of fancy skills. My rope skills blow chode, man. <laughs> And I'll never forget, I had, and I've shared this once on the show before, there was a guy, I forget his name, he was a real cool guy, he always wore a Ming the Merciless uh, cape, you know, when he tied, but he was really good, and he did a lot of intricate, cool, pretty knots, Mm -hmm. and there was a party, and I was real new, and I had no idea how to tie, but I had two girls that wanted to be tied up, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do what I kind of know, and I made this totally sloppy bullshit thing. (laughs) That like awful, and there was spanking, but whatever. We were laughing and whatever. But I saw that Ming the Merciless was watching me mm-hmm. play, and I got a little insecure. But I still kept right. playing. And then once we finished, I went to Ming the Merciless, and 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 he was. Oh, I looked like you were having fun, and I oh yeah yeah. And I go yeah, but dude, my tie like it's not like what you do, and and it's shit. Mm-hmm. And he literally Ming just stopped me dead in the middle and he said dude you were tying up two cute chicks who gives a fuck what the rope looks like exactly and this was somebody that i kind of respected and that made a big impression on me and so when i share with our perverted podcast listeners that are new that don't feel they have a lot of skills dude just believe in yourself the skills will come yes. but the intention is is paramount if you don't have the intention to have a good placing with your partner, then you will constantly feel like a failure and you won't have any fun. Your partners won't have any fun. They won't really feel comfortable with you because you're just a walking bag of failure and nobody's happy. Have fun. Don't forget the main reason why we all do this is having fun, building that connection, having a story going, yeah, you remember that first time I tied you? Oh my God, it was awful. But now, oh yeah, these skills have gotten so much better. Things could be practiced. You know, that's especially a lot of people do rope. They do rope labs where it's just, they work out stuff going, okay, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. And then trying it with different size bottoms, shapes and sizes. And it's just have fun. That's the main thing of kink. Absolutely agree. Fantastic, fantastic topic. It's a great post, and we'll put it up on the FetLife page. And again, it's Failure and Rope by, and thank you to KinkyGeek81 for letting us use it. Kinky news is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up. Let's glory hold the planet right now with Enigma. Yeah! <laughs> Sing along, Enigma! Hi, Mr. White Christmas. Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Mr. Snow. Snow. I'm Mr. <laughs> uh, freeze, uh, blister, whatever. I'm Mr. Tendalo. <laughs> Shut up! It's my favorite song in the whole world. My it's a favorite. great song. 
It really, really is. I was just on our uh, Patreon, and uh, one of our supporters is named Heat Miser. And so, Ooh. shout out to Heat Miser. Because uh, <laughs> I instantly, I'm like, Heat Miser? <laughs> I'm Snow Miser. And then instantly, I have to go to YouTube and watch uh, the clip from. For those of you <laughs> that don't know or don't care, first off, fuck off, okay? That is the greatest. I hate holidays, but a year without <laughs> Santa Claus is my crack. That's it. That's the the only the only mm-hmm. holiday thing. I mean, Rudolph was good, and we're talking about the like nineteen seventies claymation animation uh, cartoons. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah. Oh, that was that was my jam, dude. I used to go nuts. There's a reason a lot of my friends call ourselves the Misfit Toys. It's because of those those movies. The Isle of Misfit Toys. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Some of, like, literally, like, the only good memories of my childhood was those <laughs> fucking Christmas and then Frosty the Snowman with... Uh, I like how we're talking about this in October after you just got yep. finished doing a whole bunch of Fright Fest stuff. Are you on the, the Queen Mary this year? Uh, no, Fright Fest is up at uh, the Magic Mountain. Oh, so you're in Magic Mountain. Yeah, so th- uh, uh, what is it? Haunted Harbor, I think, is what's down oh, at the okay. Queen Mary. Okay. And I don't... It, they're doing something. I don't know what it is. It was kind of up in the air the last few years because people didn't want to pay to keep the Queen Mary from sinking. Right. So, uh, wh- whoever is in charge of it now is is doing something. Uncle Creepy used to do the uh, Queen Mary Fright Fest. Oh yeah, I, I actually did know that uh, he did all the creepy stuff too. I know he was you know creepy, but I didn't know that he was also a, a scare actor. He, you guys are the two scare actors of the. I think we had one other at some point in perverted podcast folklore. Um, we had another fright nighter. Um, person that did the mazes and stuff, but creepy actually, uh, like a few years ago, he was like on the billboard, like one of oh, the wow. big billboards that they had. They took him and all his creepiness, and uh, <laughs> it was like his big moment. He's like, I made it onto a billboard. I miss Uncle Creepy. We got to have him on the show. Have you done anything kinky this week? Um, I haven't. I haven't done a lot of creepy, kinky stuff uh, lately. I've mostly been living out my my fear play and primal needs at, at fright fest um but yeah no i i played a little bit at a party a few weeks ago but i've been just so busy with uh wonderful drama stuff in life um oh geez just, great oh yeah no it was uh my my car is at a point where i need to take it in to find out if i need to sell it or oh. uh or get it fixed either one is probably going to be expensive oh pursuing health things lots of i just haven't had the time or the focus to like yeah i should be kinky now so <laughs> god we suck <laughs> <laughs> no the, the world is just burning around us and we're just trying to be fine with it just trying to be fine that's okay, because um, we do have a good discussion today. Uh, I am yes, very excited, do. and I am excited that you're back into scaring. I thought they started a little bit later, but I guess they start, what, in mid-September to do the scary oh, things? They actually started uh, like a whole weekend earlier this year. Well, at least you know in the Fright Fest, you're dumb enough. 
Because <laughs> you're a dominant, and I'm going to do a clever mm-hmm. segue into our, segue. our Reddit rant. But we do have a, a topic that uh, I pulled off the Reddits, and, and let me tell you, mm-hmm. got me a little uh, hot under the collar. Not yeah. the right collar. Not hot in the pants. <laughs> got me got me a little pissy. Um, mm-hmm. And not in a... Not, I guess not a super word, because sometimes it's ignorance, but sometimes it's really not ignorance. So I'm going to... We don't ask permission on, on Reddit to talk about people's posts. We just go ahead and do it, because it's Reddit. But I will paraphrase and not uh, mention the person's name. So this is somebody who's a dom A, dom, female dominant, whatever. Um, and uh, they said loosely, I've noticed that several partners tell me that I'm not that much of a dom or not that extreme. It's starting to affect her because, you know, she feels it's more of a negative than constructive criticism. And Mm -hmm. she says, I'm pretty open to things. She, you know, if they could just talk to me, you know, during aftercare for the next time, maybe ask, but you know, before first session, you know, she's getting shit from people and I'm just like frothing, you know, while I'm reading this and it's like, you know, and she's, claiming that she's very upfront and you know lets people know what she expects from them and uh and that she's just not at that hyper aggressive level that she does a lot of extreme stuff mm-hmm. which is fine starting to get more angry as i i read <laughs> and uh and then she's she goes on and then i get pissed cuz she's like have any other doms or dames experienced this it kind of hurts my feelings and makes me feel inadequate. Yes, like it fucking would when a greedy bottom acts like a piece of shit. That's yeah. exactly what you're supposed to feel. I'm sorry. Did I uh did I show my cards a little early? A, a, a little, but like uh, th- th- this will be a topic that you and I agree on. Like I I think ex- I mean just in general from a top or a bottom perspective, expecting more from your from your partner than they are willing or comfortable to do that's not good for either party and could lead to kind of dangerous situations if they're not ready like if this 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 dom doesn't sound like they're very what what some would call an edgy dom that's not a bad thing but if they if someone tries to push them to go towards an edgy direction that they're not ready to, to go that could be very dangerous for the for the bottom. Yeah, yeah, you you get what you you get what you pay mm-hmm. for. Um and and once again, I'm going to start trying to be in the positive because uh there's a very right way and a very wrong way to ask your dominant for more or telling them that you can take more. Like you know, after your play scene is done, when they say they're done, that's when the play scene is done. That's why you let them be the top. Uh, or the don- and especially if you're going to say that this is somehow some sort of power exchange dynamic and throw around the terms dominant and submission. There are ways to talk to your dominant. That's the same respect that you would give to anyone. The same respect that a dominant gives to a submissive when they talk to their submissive with a certain amount of respect. There is a way that you can... Uh, ask them or suggest to them that you could take more, that you would be interested in taking more. Or if your dominant is new and maybe they feel a little bit insecure about what they're doing to you or if it's affecting you, you can assure them that they're not harming you or triggering you. And if they give you more, 
that that is something that you desire or ask them how they feel about giving you more. This is a a conversation. And if you're dealing with new dynamics where both parties are new, then those are okay to have those conversations. Of course, if you have somebody who's been a, a dominant or top for many years and that's just not the level they play at, then you need to go and find somebody that makes you happy, that 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 gives you the type of play you want, if that's what you want as a bottom. But if you're going to kind of come in and just start bossing around somebody, then there's that's I don't understand how that's a power exchange. Yeah, it, it's not. It's it's somebody coming into kink and expecting it to be a certain way. It's like um, trying to have sex with somebody and then expecting it to be like the porn you watched, but like, you know, porn isn't a realistic expect or real realistic representation of what sex is like. So like if you're a dominant or a submissive and you come in and like you expect in this case, if you expect your dom to be some sort of version of a dom, like you, you, you envision them to be in that leather stilettos uh, corset, whatever. And that's just not the kind of person that they are. Like you're going to be not only disappointed, but you're going to, you run in like what you're saying like i was saying earlier you're going to run into dangerous situations or you're just going to run to a lot of people that aren't interested in playing with you because you're expecting more out of them than than they're able to do like i i consider myself like i i related to this um this reddit post quite a bit because like i'm i'm not a very like i don't i don't wear a lot of leather like i wear my kilt but like i i very rarely will like dress up dress up for for kink like i'm i'm definitely more of a casual player and i and i have had people kind of not want to play with me because i i I don't i don't look the part so to speak so i and i and i think that that kind of i almost think that that's almost a uh ripple effect of like the old guard wanting it to stay a certain way because i think a lot of ways there are um, expectations from how people have discovered kink. So they might've like read some, something online that showed it a certain way. And so that they show up expecting that kind of kink when they get there. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I think what's so important in this is that this is such a two way street. If you're just doing it for play play, okay, fine. You know, you're you're living your fantasy, show up at a dungeon, tell someone what you want. If they want to do to you what you want them to do, great, go have at it and see if it works out. But if you're going to throw around words like dominance and submission and a power exchange, and this goes both ways. If you're not interested in the dominance needs, their validation, what their limits are, then I'm sorry, that's just you're not in a power exchange. You're just being a greedy bottom. Now, if you don't know how to ask for that, it, it's you know it can be, it can be one of those mistakes that's just an innocent, ignorant mistake, which we've all made. There, I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. But there are people that have been bottoms, greedy, shitty bottoms for years, and I've heard a lot of dominants complain, especially in the female dominant community. Um, a lot of greedy male subs come in and they're just like, hey, do this to me. And it's just, it just pisses me off because it's like, why, if the bottom's limits 
are somehow poo-pooed by the dominant, you are ostracized from the community as a dominant. It ruins your reputation. If somebody says, hey, these are what my limits are, and you get a reputation of not... Uh, of, of shitting on somebody's limits as a bottom, you're out. So why is that yeah. not the same rule for a, a bottom that yeah, that abuses it, it, a top? No, yeah, there, there's definitely a, a, a bit of a, a I can't think of the double word, standard. But yeah, double standard. There it is. Yeah, there's definitely a double standard going on, and I think I think if. And it sucks because I think if a if a bottom does it enough, then they start to get attention. Like I, I have seen, uh, I've I, you know I, I attend a couple of uh, uh, dom dom a led parties, and like there are definitely people who show up, and they get a reputation for being very like they will jump on anybody who remotely looks like a dom a, whether or not they are or not, and then expect that person to. Treat, treat them like already be in a dynamic already be ready to to in a way serve this sub because it, they came in expecting a certain treatment and and like it that they get a reputation but if a new person walks in and they're not ready for it they they might kind of fall into that at first yeah i mean it's a it's a trap and once again i'm pro communication this is mm-hmm. just something you expect in any group that you enter any level of kink any type of kink whether you go into the rope community or the littles community or the leather community you're always going to have greedy selfish people on both ends of the whip Mm -hmm. and that's something that you have to watch out for and you have to protect yourself but understand i'm speaking up for tops usually we kick the crap out of tops because we're the ones that that make the most dangerous mistakes um but in this case, this is really an equal road for me. That there needs to be mm-hmm. a mutual respect between both tops and bottoms. And there needs to be expectations of both to act respectfully to the person you are playing with. Because it hurts just as much to feel inadequate and feel shitty when you're trying to put energy forth. And you're trying, to, especially when you're trying to learn something and do it right and not harm someone and deal with all that negative social programming and stress about being in control and dominating a woman or dominating a man. You know, that's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in your head if you have compassion. If you're, you know, right. if you have no compassion, then fine. Your, your your feelings, you don't have any feelings. But most of us, we want to not harm our bottoms, and so sometimes we make decisions. I've made decisions where I have been clearly asked to do something that I'm not comfortable doing, especially like choke me out. You know, do certain types of uh, predicament play where I think those things are sketchy and I'm not going to take that risk. And you feel insecure because you want to be the super dom that does everything. But you have to accept that I'm not. And for good reason. For good reason. And my limits as as a top are valid. They're absolutely valid. You don't have to be into what I'm into. But if you disrespect me, I've put my toys down before. 
Oh, yeah. When people start pulling that whole fun. You know, I'm not talking about fun bratty or whatever. I'm talking about people like, what, is that all you got? You got to do more. I can take you, blah, 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 blah. I put my toys down and go, we're done. Yeah. We're done. Don't talk to me like I'm your bitch because I don't have bitch written on my fucking forehead. And I'm not here to be your bitch. That's that, That's not the scene we negotiated. Yeah. You know? And I, once again. It got me all hot and bothered because I know a lot of people that this has happened to and the double standard, but I think it's the same on both sides of the road. Respect who you're with and respect the limits of who you're with. And there is a way it doesn't make you bad for wanting more extreme stuff if you're on the bottom, but it also very much doesn't make you a bad person if you aren't ready to, or you're not interested in going to those more extreme levels. Oh, yeah. Like, I've definitely had people be like, I'm really into needles. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> and right. I'm. it's not something I'm comfortable with. And I'm not going to just, like, pick up a box of piercing needles and be like, all right, let's go. Because, like, that's that's the, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm poking the right spot. And unless sure. they're going to sit there and, like, direct me into what I'm doing, that's not like it is. It, 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 it's not going to be a fun scene for them or or me, for that matter. So, like, I. I it's definitely important for both sides to be able to communicate as much as possible. Um, I think one thing that happens a lot is there's a lot of, um, I know a lot of dominants that actually have some sort of checklist in their bag or in their, um, or at least at the ready that they can send to a partner and be like, Hey, fill this out. And so that way I have something to reference when like before we play and that way I can make sure that I'm, I'm respecting you. And I, I think subs could have us have a very similar thing. Um, so that way they have answers. They can have um, a lot of things covered from their Dom and, and know what's coming. And so that way both, both parties are actually, um, you know, more knowledgeable about the other person before they ever step into a playroom. I absolutely agree with that. And the last thing I'll just throw in is a lot of people that come in with the fantasy, like you were talking about before, mm-hmm. they don't know, about the connection, the chemistry, and the Im- in sorry, the intimacy mm-hmm. that you can achieve. They don't understand about the higher levels of that bond and connection, which is what creates that power exchange. Right. And if you don't respect each other in that way, you're never going to get to those amazing things. So I, I think for me, you know, there's play play. And then there's those times where I want to connect with somebody and I don't want to be used and I don't want to use them. So right. I, it's a great topic. It was it was really good. And I'm really sad that this person went through this. And we all there was 100 people that gave really positive uh, feedback to her. So I feel like uh, that she she got some support. But it was good to talk about here. Yeah. And, and I think it's it's one of those things that I think needs to come up on a regular basis because um, like we know here on the podcast that we get a lot of people who this is the perverted podcast is their like first step into kink. And if we can give them a little bit of insight on how to approach a scene a bit more safely then that, then I think that's going to give people a better time jumping into this wonderful kink world that we, uh, you know, play in. Completely agree. Enigma. Everybody is okay at whatever level they're comfortable with. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's totally fucking cool. If our little uh, our little creatures of joy and magic want to get a hold of us, where are they going to go? 
Well, they can find us on social medias. We're on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. We're on Twitter at Perverted PCast. And you can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. Just search Perverted Podcast. And if you want to go have the shit scared out of you and possibly get a <laughs> mental bro finger, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. see Enigma at uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia outside of Los Angeles. I'll find you. Kathy reigns superior. All others are inferior. Her mental prowess titillates as we dream of her posterior. Kathy is the goddess of illumination. Kathy saves the virgin podcast from annihilation. Wondrous, 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 wondrous last. Kathy! So, Path Girl. Yes, Boogie. Uh, a little bit of news for the show that I didn't put in Potato Mayhem because I kind of wanted to make it its own thing. And I'm not going to go too elaborate on this and, and make it big and schmutzy, but I have some information for the perverted podcast listeners that I do need to share. And we're going to see how uh, Kathy wants to proceed moving forward. If she wants to add anything else to it, but Kathy has officially stepped down from her duties as a co-host of perverted podcast. And, uh, it was amicable. I wrote a post. It's on our perverted podcast uh, FetLife page. And then I said something, and then Kathy responded immediately. And her and I are fine. Good. I'm glad. Her and I are, are absolutely good. Um, and I was honest. Yes, of course, this was motivated initially by a fight that we had when I came on last time. I said, ah, Kathy and I are fighting. We fought right before that show and right, just ended right. up not doing it. Um but everyone who listens to Perverted Podcast is like, yeah, you guys have been fighting for fucking seven years. Yeah. So nothing new. And uh, and so I just wanted to make sure that the listeners understood that this is bigger than just us having a tiff uh, before a show. Um, this is This is when you get to a point to where not even just about her life and all the challenges that she's going through in her life where she's putting a life together for herself with her sister, where, you know, how is that going to play out for the rest of her life with her career and all of those things. But there, but there is what services am I best equipped for moving forward? And, and then of course there is the relationship between her and I and how we maintain a friendship and the limits that we have to put, because we are two very different people philosophically. And as far as the show goes, we have always been philosophically very different about where we want to go with perverted podcast. And I'm not going to discuss those. If you've listened for long enough, there's 340 episodes that she's on where you can hear what we're different about. And so I'm not going to really go into that, but there are some some pretty significant differences. And then there's some friction there that has made it so we can't communicate in certain ways like normal people would. So after seven years of doing that, still being supportive of Kathy, Kathy still being supportive of me, still having a lot of love for each other to where hopefully until one of us dies we can still be there in that special way that we support each other. Like uh, we're going to dinner when I get back from, from Texas, Uh, we're going to go to dinner and not talk about the issue, but just go and be friends. 
and not have to worry about the pressure of doing a show together. Uh, so that's kind of what's happening. And I just wanted to mention it. I, I just wanted it to kind of have it its own thing because I know a lot of the listeners are very sad about this. I know some of the listeners are angry about this. And I just want to say you are free to speculate however you want. You can you can think I am an asshole this, Kathy's an asshole that. Um, most people think I'm the asshole, which I am, and that's totally fine. Um, and that's for your entertainment. You don't know the relationship, the 12 years that I've been friends with Kathy and the immense amount of time that we have spent being of service to a community, not just with perverted podcast, but in the old threshold days, you know, shoulder to shoulder, we fought a lot of battles together and we had each other's backs. And, uh, and so absolutely. If you want to hate, if you want to leave the show, if you liked Kathy more than you liked me, um, I, I'm not at this point. Don't care. Do what you do, what you're going to do. Feel the best that you can feel about yourself. Find the service and the podcast that you need. But I'm telling you, it was a great run with Kathy. And I have a lot of respect for her in her ability to communicate, to be funny, to be entertaining, and to have really clear thoughts about the things that she's passionate about. And on 90% of them, we're on the same page and always have right. been. So uh, so that's my my Kathy update. Whether or not she wants to, because of course I leave the door open to everyone. You right. know, if she wants to come back or do an interview or do something or do a segment where whatever, you know, the door's open, but Kathy's not on the show anymore. Can I, can I say something real quick? Sure. I, I just want the listeners to kind of pause and take a breath because I know the first time that Kathy left was she had a lot of inner turmoil in her life, both public and private. And I think people need to realize that any part of human life, kink aside, life is a journey and there's sometimes you just evolve out of what you're currently doing. The person you were at 20 is not the person you're at 40, not the person you're at at 50. And Kathy, when I started listening to Perverted Podcast episode one, there were four or five co-hosts and Perverted Podcast evolved into so many different versions of itself. And Kathy's been an amazing part of it. And I just think the listeners kind of have to respect that if Kathy wants to move on, this is her evolving into her new life, pretty much her new version of herself where she's happy and sane and mentally healthy and whatever's going to come next for her. That's going to be awesome. And just please try to respect that. Or maybe she hates my guts and doesn't want to do a show with me. That's possible. Uh, and and she's just being really nice. The listeners also, have to respect that too, because it's also a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> she talks real nice, but who knows? She may be like, I can't fucking deal with that fucking asshole anymore. I'm just glad you guys still have a friendship after all this. That's amazing. Absolutely. When I get back, we're going to go buy. I'm going to go buy her some chicken. <laughs> we will commune over chicken. We may throw the chicken at each other, Communing but that's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the end of show 363. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, love or hate us, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on FetLife, TikTok, or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. 
And if you think the show brings value to your life and is beneficial to other humans on Earth, please consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast. And as always, love and smushy kisses to all our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. Thank you so much, Path Girl. That was delightful. And thank you for always being there uh, to, to step up. And I really also enjoyed, and I don't know if I've said this on the show, but I have really enjoyed the relationship that I've had with you and your efforts to improve as a host and all the times we talk about hosting and discussions and all the hours that we've spent off the air uh, really trying to get better, uh, to have better conversations. And of course, Kathy and I had seven years to uh, build the communication that we had and, and you and I have had far, far less time on the air to do that. But I really feel that we do have good conversations and a lot of our co-hosts I feel we have good conversations with and I'm excited to build that with you and the other people that join me on Perverted Podcasts and, and I just I'm very excited about you uh, being here and always so willing to step up and be of service to this community. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I, I, I really, really do enjoy doing the podcast. Like you said, it's it's service to my community because there may be things that physically I can't do, like help set up or break down a dungeon, but it's just, I if I can help people along their king journey be a little less scared, a little more positive about their self, that's so awesome. It means the world to me. It really does. And thank you so much to all of our patron subscribers. You guys have gone through the ringer with us. And I keep saying, if you guys want to stop supporting, that's fine. But they're like, shut up. Don't say that. Shut up. Shut up, buddy. broke ass homeless motherfucker. (laughs) Just shut up and say you need us. I'm like, man, 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 man. But, (laughs) well, okay, I need you too. It's true. And if you have, um, I am taking applications once again for a spare vagina. (laughs) If you have a vagina to lend, if you are going to be at the end of October in the Los Angeles area and you would like to loan me your body and your vagina and your mind and, and I kind of want you to, you know, be there present too with the vagina and kind of, yeah, I kind of want the whole thing. You're advertising but, for a female, Boogie. A whole female. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yes, because if you want the brain plus a little bit of the mouthy and the vagina, you kind of have to put them all together. So, yes, a female would be I always say, like, I want to just use a woman. Like, I just want to, like, just shake and just come in you and fucking walk away. And I know there's so many women that are like, yeah, I'll totally come dump uh, for you. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> But it always comes down to it that I'm like, yeah, I just want to fuck someone. And, but, you know, I want to be able to make jokes with you and yeah. hang out and maybe have a sandwich. Yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe you can conversate with some, some chicken with, with, with a new bottom. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I just made an ass out of myself. But that's something I do at least five times a show. So at What least else to do? I am consistent. <laughs> Thank you, our fine perverted podcast listeners, and we will see you next time on show 364. <laughs>
Take my sex, make you switch to a wall. 